0: Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. You can title this day, Raising Your Spirit. Raising Your Spirit. We're going to talk today about the, the importance of raising our spirit, of raising the spirit man. Now, you have two people inside. There's flesh man and there's spirit man. Now, if you were on our 21-day fast, you know we slayed flesh man for the last 21 days. We said, naa i not today, Satan. And we stepped into a life of saying, yes, Lord, we want all of you. For 21 days we put aside things that our body was hungry for to say we want our spirit to be hungry. Yer. How many are with me? Say, God, listen, this I know food is good. Woo, food is real good. Yeah. Because when I broke my fast, it was real good. Oh man, food is good. Sweets is good. Sugar is yummy. But it's saying, God, I know it's good but I want all the things that you have promised me, all the things that you've declared over my year, more than I want Twinkies right now. That's a lot. God, I want you more than my flesh desires the things that are very temporary in the moment. And 21 days in the grand scheme of a year ain't nothing. I you think about it. It's not even a tithe of the year. But it seems so big. But you got to get perspective. And so I want to talk today about raising our spirit. Raising our spirit. So I want to go back up uh, and just talk about a couple things here in this scripture because this scripture is super powerful. It can be one that absolutely transforms us if we, if we renew our minds with this. And the renewal process is literally just getting it to be a belief In our hearts is to say it and speak it and and to proclaim it over our lives and to actually become a part of your life. It's one thing to declare over your life. It's another thing to actually confirm that it works. Right. So I want to talk about that today. What does that look like? And and he says his divine power has given us everything we need. Everything you need for the word God spoke over your life, He has given you with His divine power. Isn't amazing? You don't have to search or want or desire anything other than what he's going to give you. And that's why he says, seek me first. Seek my kingdom first. Because it's in that seeking, you're going to find everything you need. You're going to have everything you need. And then I want to jump down because this, this is one of those, those huge things. He breaks it down to say, hey, you got to add add addition. you got to add some things to your life. Add some things in increasing measure. Always putting in, and this is where we get stuck. As human beings, we want it instantly. We live in a microwave society. I want it now. I went through the drive-through line, and it took more than five minutes. I want my food free. You know, my Uber's taking ten minutes from someone to drive from wherever they were to me. What? I mean, think about it. It's, I know it's annoying. That is annoying. But think of the society we live in. We want it instantly. We want it right now. And so when we come into a life with God, sometimes we treat it like that. Yo, God, where's my mountain moving? Yo, God, let's get this done now. You said unveiled wonder. It's been a whole month. Where are you? And we don't understand that it's, it's when we fill our lives in increasing measure. It's a day-by-day day thing. Now, me and my wife, when we got married, uh, first time first I'm married, she calls me up. And she's like, Elijah, I am on the side of the road. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my goodness, what happened? You know, does she get in a wreck? Like, what's going on? She said, the car is out of gas. (laughs) I said, What? Car's out of gas? Where are you? She's like, I'm like, I'm like down on one. We, you know, we lived on uh, Route 1. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna come right to you. See, here's the deal. When when she was growing up, her dad filled her car every time she never even touched a gas pump hashtag living my best life (laughs) like where was that in my life but every time she got in her car she never had to think about the gas gauge because dad had already taken care of it and so when we got married this was something i was not aware of i did not know that that was my job to make sure that every car was filled with gas. And so that when she got in, she wouldn't have to worry. She would just go to her place that she was going, her destination. She wouldn't have to think about it. See, sometimes we, we treat our life and God like this, as if we don't, we don't figure in the cost that it's going to take to fill up what we need to get to our destination. And so we just go into it declaring these things, that this car will move in the name of Jesus. Sprinkle oil on it, you know. Get the Crisco oil. Let's anoint this car. This car is gonna move. It'd be so silly for me to show up on the scene and be like, "Ashley, we don't even need gas. We are gonna pray and seek God, and He is gonna make this car move." Let's go, Jesus. Just make it. A... How stupid would that be? It'd be crazy faith, but it'd be stupid because cars move on gas, right? <laughs> And so he's saying here, you have to have these things in increasing measure, filling your life with what you need in order to get to the destination you're going after. So for us to come into it and say, God, you are going to just make this happen. I'm gonna, just going to show up, and you are just going to have it all done for me. Man, I just, I'm just going to come in. It's, it's foolishness. And so this series, I want to break down, man, how you raise your spirit how you raise your spirit, how you get the right things inside so that you can go into this declaration, right, to run until he comes back, to, that we'll get to our destination unless, unless, um, unless he says differently, right? Um, yeah, and I, the biggest fear I have is that uh, we create such hype here at, at, at Change. I mean, you're excited. I, I'm excited to be here. Our team's full of that just, you know that contagious energy? You know what I'm talking about? Someone walks in the room and be like, ooh, I want that. Like, I like that. They just light it up with who they are. I love that. But my fear is that we create such a moment here, and this is, this is the battle that I'm always thinking about, is that we create such a hype where we're like, God is moving. You can be the change in your life. Let's go, let's go, let's go, without actually breaking down the things you need to put in place to become that change. Because it's not just declarations. It's not just the fact that we came up with a cool word for the year. It's the fact of intentionally doing the things to fill our lives with what we need in order to walk out the word he put on our lives. It's to be filling our lives in increasing measure. Because you can title your year whatever you want. <laughs> you could title it really uh, just an amazing, you know, amazing title and have this word that just motivates you and gets you excited. Uh... But man, if you're not doing the right things, filling your life with the right things, then you'll end up in February still confused. I say, God, what, what the jazz? Like, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought. And so, yeah, so we're going to step into that, into this year in such a, a big way. See, the difference between concept and concrete is consistency. The difference between having a a concept in your head that you're like, this is going to be a year of, you fill in the blank, this is going to be a year of drive, this is going to be a year of focus, new, I'm going to step into this year of soar, I'm going to do all this. The difference between having to be a concept and having to be concrete where at the end of the year you look and say, Look at my life of sore. Look at my life of new. Look at my life of unveiled wonder. Look at my life of pursuit. Look at what I did. It's concrete is consistency. Now, let's talk about the word consistency because you break it down. There's like three different like definitions of it. I love every one of them. First one is the consistency of density or firmness, right? So there's lots of cakes, and we can talk about this now because the fast is over so I can have cake so I can talk about it and not have to like you know suffer the rest of the day there's different types of cake I really like cake I like chocolate cake vanilla cake, red velvet cake you name it cheesecake don't put anything with cake and it's good but how many do you how many know that with cake the biggest thing that matters is consistency the density of it right because it's got to be I don't know I don't like this word either, but it's got to be Moist, right? It's gotta be fluffy. Because it's gotta be, yeah, yeah, soft and it's gotta feel good. Like when you cut into it, you shouldn't have to use a knife, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) But cake is so good, but if the consistency is wrong, then you know the ingredients or the way they prepared it wasn't right. And sometimes we can do this in our life. You can you you come up to somebody and you you they look good on the outside, and we all have the same name, right? We're all Christian. Or we all have a life in Jesus, and we're all declaring these things over a year. But when you get close to somebody, you, feel, you find out that their consistency just, there's something wrong. And you know it's because the ingredients in their life aren't set up right. Something happened in the ingredients, that the consistency of our life. And we have to focus on what is going in because it makes us a consistent person, a firm foundation. It's those people that they're good when it's good, but as soon as it goes south, they drop off, you know? It's like when they're on the high, they are the best people to be around. But as soon as an obstacle or barrier comes in their way, they shut down. They don't know how to handle it. Why? It's consistency. It's that consistency in your life. It's the ingredients you put in. It's the things that are intentional about putting it in. Uh, the second thing about consistency is the same, right? Doing the same form, the same um, process. You know, you have a consistent, you do the same things. You, you do all the same things. It, it'd be one thing for, and I, I say this a lot because I, I really do desire it, but I'm like, I want to get back in the gym. I want to get buff. I want to get swole, you know, because my wife likes swole men, so I'm like, I gotta be swole, you know, I gotta pop out of this jacket. I, I broke out when I was swole and now, you know, it's it's getting loose on me, so I gotta work on that and get get swole. It'd be one thing for me just to say, This is a year of of buffness. (laughs) I know the right term for that. This is the year of Elijah Swole. You know, Elijah big and muscular. Um, But if I don't do the things that are consistent, if I don't consistently go to the gym, if I don't consistently eat right, if I don't consistently do things, then it is just a declaration. It's just words. It's not actually going to be something that's concrete. It stays a concept that I want to be I intentionally want to but if I don't step in and be consistent it's not going to happen. I have to raise my spirit. The last last uh, definition of consistency is the flow. It's the it's the being in harmony with each other. And you see this in houses when they're done right, right? When they're decorated right. And we had LK Housing Design uh, come into our space to make sure uh, Lauren Kocher, she she's the bomb.com. She came in She made sure that our space all throughout was just very solidly consistent. That every room you go into, it feels like home. It feels like Hollis. And so it's real consistency. But sometimes you can see this in, in, in people's lives when they're not consistent in every room of their life. And so they have a Sunday room. God is good all the time. God is good. You know, they say the right thing on Sundays. But if you would see them Monday, you'd be like, who are you? I just, are you the same person that was in worshiping? Saying God is good and now that uh, you're saying those things out of your mouth or you're, you're acting like that or you, treat your, or, or you have this, this uh, perception of yourself here, but as soon as you get home, it's shut out. It's hard, but you have to be consistent throughout. Consistency builds that concrete. So you have the declaration, which is amazing, but if you're not consistent, if you don't keep to the same things, to raise your spirit to say, this is what I need inside. This is what I need to build on. This is what I need to do daily. This is what I need to do weekly. This is what I need to put as a goal for myself. If you don't have those things consistent, then you're going to be all over the place, inconsistent. And people are going to come to you and say, whoa, the firmness, the density, it's a little off. And, and, and rooms of your life, they just don't match up. What I say about you and what your wife says about you is totally different. I don't get it. It's a consistency. It's being consistent. Um, and sometimes we even think of our spiritual walk, you know, our, our life with Christ as a destination. Right? So you come into Jesus and then it's like, I'm just going to be different. I'm just going to be changed. You know, things are just going to work. And we don't understand that, that God is a God of Process. And it's actually in the process that you're prepared. That if you don't go through the process, then you won't actually be ready to handle the declaration of your life. It's, it's in the process. And sometimes we treat it like a destiny. It's like, I'm just going to arrive. I'm just going to get there. I'm just going to be there. But we don't understand that this is a process that God has taken us on, and it's for our good. So the difference between declaration, I, I want to talk about this because this is very interesting. I was looking this up, but declaration and proclamation. Do you know the dis- difference between those two? Because they're both things that you say. They're both things that you, like, you know, speak out to an audience or to somebody. And so you have declared over your year, right, a word or a title. Or maybe you haven't yet, and you need to pray through it. That's awesome. But the difference between declaration and proclamation a declaration is something that anybody can give. Anybody can get up and say, I declare that we are going to be a church that loves the city. You know, I declare that our family is going to love God above all things. You can declare all these things. A proclamation has to be an authorized person giving it. Proclamation has to come from a government official or someone who knows all the details. And a proclamation has to go through a series of things to make sure it's correct and grounded before it's stated. A lot of us, we're living our life on a declaration that we've given because I feel good, and so I should get good things, and I like this scripture, so I'm going to prophesy that over my life. I don't like that scripture, so we're going to keep that out, but this scripture, let's talk about this scripture over my life, and he is for me, not against me. You know, we we declare these things without actually tapping into the proclamation of the Father, because the Bible says many are plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails, so when you have his word over your life, it is something that titles not only your um, current situation, but your future destination. When you get his proclamation, and I, I was just so encouraged by that and so challenged by that that I need to make sure I'm plugged in. This is one of those things you need to put in place in your life, is to make sure you're always plugging into the proclamation over you. Not just how you feel, because man, it can get discouraging if you go off emotions, Right? They say March is one of those months. When you hit March, it, gets, it starts to get, on oh, 2020 super heavy. And you're starting off sore, and now you're like, I am sore. But it's one of those things that when you hear his proclamation, you know what's true, and you can ground yourself on it. We have to move from declaration to proclamation what is God proclaiming over our lives? And, and it's one thing, because I could say, I could declare, this piece of cake that I'm going to have today at the Super Bowl party, thank you, Jesus, is good. But unless I try the cake, I cannot confirm it to you. I can declare, but I can't confirm. And this is, this is what I want to want to really press on in this series. How do you go from declaration to confirmation? Not just, I declare this year is good, but man, I can confirm this year is banging. Like God is showing up. He's amazing in my life. And not just I'm declaring that it's good, but I actually am seeing and feeling, and a part of it is good. It's real good. I can declare to you, man, if you tithe, you will be so blessed. But if I don't actually tithe, I can't confirm to you that it works. I can declare how good God is and what a good father that He is, but if I don't have a relationship and actually feel His presence and know how good He is in my life, then I can't confirm it. With you, you can declare anything you want, but unless you do it, you'll never be able to confirm it. We need faith. Faith is good, faith is real good. It's the substance that keeps us going. How many are so thankful that we have faith in someone that is worthy of our faith? (laughs) So we have a faith, and it drives us. And that's what's so beautiful about starting a new year and starting a new season. That's why we do our life in seasons. In this church, we do it in seasons. We're in season one, but come, you know, uh, May, we're going to start a new season, season two. Why do we do that? Because it's, it's good faith for what's been closed and faith to move into what's new. So faith is good but faith without action is a dying word as soon as it's stated. Faith without action backing it up is actually a dead word right as you say it. If you don't back it up. And I look at Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 talks about the wise and the foolish builder and Jesus is making a point of how to build our lives, how to raise our spirits. And he says in verse 24, he says, therefore, any everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. And in other words, whoever hears me and does, whoever, whoever is hearing what I'm saying and goes right to say, all right, how can I apply this to my life? We have this uh, method that we go through scripture with called SOAP. And you'll see it on our card if if you, give, uh, if you give your heart to God, or you can even ask for one, there's a book with a, a, a thing of how to go through the Bible, how to go through God's Word. And so, one of the ones in there is S, Scripture, O, Observation, like what's it saying? A, Application. This is the most vital one. Because a lot of us, we stop at O. We see the Scripture, and we observe. Oh, that's what it's saying. But we never take the next step of applying. How am I going to apply this to my life? This is so crucial. If you want to raise your spirit, start looking at God's word. Start looking at what he's saying over your life and start applying it. How do I get there? Small doses. How do I take that next step? He says, anyone who hears my words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and you lost your job, and your kid ran away, and your wife's always fighting with you, and things come against you. Financial is not there. You're losing all your savings account, and things just aren't aligning. said, but if you hear my word and apply it, even in the storm, you won't fall. Even in March, when it gets heavy, you won't be strained. You won't be weary. You'll be going strong because you built on a foundation, right? Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. Good word, good word. This is good word, good word, and then forget about it. That was a really good word. I've read that scripture. It was super good, but you don't do anything with it. He says, those people, if the, when the storm comes, it beats against the house, and the, the, the streams rose, the wind blew, and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. March came, and you were done. Forget about this thing. It's too hard. But how are you building a foundation? Building a foundation. Think about the life of David. And David, we know him as David and Goliath, Right? the one who killed the giant, the one who slayed the giant. But you have to start at David's beginning when he was in the field with the sheep. And we see David there, and he's, you know, protecting the sheep with his sling, feeling pretty insignificant. I can just imagine his first days. Whoa. This thing is dangerous. (laughs) just imagine his first days as he's sitting there with the sheep and he'd been given a territory and it didn't seem like much. I don't know if you ever feel like that. Like your life right now isn't much. Like it's not what God destined for you. So you feel like it's just a stepping stone. But David didn't treat it like that. He treated it like his territory. And no matter how big your territory is right now, God has called you to it. Those relationships might not seem significant, but God's called you to it. It's your territory. And so you see David... He's in the field. He's throwing rocks. Hitting trees. Oh, that was pretty good. Let's try it again. Oh, missed. Okay. And I can, I can just imagine the first day that a, a lion shows up. Whoo, trying to kill a sheep. Oh, man. Okay, I've been practicing for this. <laughs> oh, got it. Yeah. Come on, baby. And little did he know, that that territory was training ground for where he was headed? Some of us, we don't see it like that. He's like, God, how'd you forget me? I'm sitting here watching sheep. Like I'm doing things that are way below my pay grade. I should not be doing this. I should not be treated like this. I should not be called that. A shepherd, the lowliest of jobs, a shepherd this is what you have me doing but David understood something he understood this is grounds that's training me for what's to come because he was a shepherd boy that was destined to be a giant slayer I don't know where you are right now but I know this you shouldn't give up because you're not destined to stay there this is a place where you got to do the things to get precision. This is what David did. He got precision in what he had in his hand. He was given a sling, so he got really good with that sling. Whew. Man, missed, I missed, missed, missed. Gotta get better. Come on. Come on, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Some of you, you're in a season right now that doesn't make sense. It seems very insignificant. Can I tell you? Keep trying keep getting that precision, keep filling your life with what's needed because it's a training ground. Don't give up. Don't settle for the training ground. Don't settle for the training camp because God has destined you for a territory that is beyond your ability and he's training you now for what's to come. You got to build now what you want built later. You can't stop now. You got to start building, start raising your spirit. Start saying, God, I'm going to do what you've called me to do right here, right now. Man, uh, i got to get better because some things that I need to get better so that when that giant shows up, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. When that giant shows up, when you're ready to unveil me. I think about Kobe. We celebrate a legend. And here was a, a man that, that showed up on the scene right out of high school, 17 years old, came to the pros what a legend he played and was one of the most phenomenal basketball players to ever touch the court but Kobe didn't just show up like that we didn't see the years that went in the moments where he said "He's out Whew. ah missed gotta right, get good gotta get good come on Whew. Yes, okay, 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 okay. got that down. And he was prepping and training because he knew someday he's going to need these skills. Someday he's going to need these muscles. Someday he's going to need to know how to do this with precision because everybody's going to be watching. And I wonder what would happen if if your perspective got on the fact that God is training you right now for what's to come. He's getting you ready. He's getting your muscles ready. So that when the giant shows up on the scene when that day comes when God wants to unveil you you're ready. You're like bring it on. Bring it on. I'm ready for it. But you must do the things now to prepare for where God is taking you then. My father-in-law Phil Crowling says it's all about the 1%. It's the 1%. Because he said if you get Better, even if it's 1% better every day, at the end of a year, you are 365% better than you were last year. <laughs> That's so good. Can I tell you, you don't have to do the full thing now. All you need to do is aim at that tree. Get really good at it. Get really good at what you're doing. Come on, get your God time down. Get your, get your non-negotiable time with God down now. Because you're going to need it. When that storm comes, you're going to need that solid rock to go back on. Say, God, I have my relationship with you. It's solid. And I know how to pray. And I know how to dive into your presence. I know how to get in that space that I'm one with you, that I'm right in with you. And I wonder how many in this room that you've, you've thought about giving up. you thought about just throwing in the towel. Because you feel like this is purposeless. This is not even for me. This isn't what God called me to This isn't the destiny that I feel like I'm I'm a part of and I want to be in. And I feel so useless. I feel like a shepherd. But God has destined to be a giant slayer. So can you hear me? Let me just partner with His voice over your life right now. Don't give up. It's time to raise your spirit. It's time to step into that life of training. Saying, God, what are you building in me? What are you getting ready in me? what can I set as solid what can I fill my life with set as foundation start to hear your words and put it into practice. Start to hear what you're saying, you're proclaiming over me and start to put it into my steps and saying, God, I'm going to become more like you every day. I'm going to start to become that giant slayer. Even though the giant's not here yet, I'm going to act like it. I'm going to train like it. I'm going to put everything I can into building this family and to going after my relationships with my, my significant other. I'm going to build this family. i will raise my kids. I'm going to go to my job And I'm going to work like it's unto you, Father. Like I'm running this thing. I'm going to do things that are faithful now. Because when I increase the measure of how I'm putting things into my life now, I add to faith goodness. I add to goodness self-control. I add to it. I put it all in place so that I can step into a life of greatness. Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis.